Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, guys and girls? Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. As always, it's your host, Armando. Great episode for you today. I just finished recording with Craig Dye from Dye Fishing. If you don't know Craig Dye, I mean, what can I tell you? The guy is an accomplished tournament angler, and he's doing a bunch of great things with his social media and his YouTube account. One of my favorite things about it is that it's entertaining, but at the same time, educational. So if you love watching people hook into big fish, kind of like what Christine Fisher does on her recap tournament, and you also like to learn how to be a better angler kind of what gene jensen does then craig die is one of those things where he tethers uh both sides of that fence um with uh great entertainment and great um learning context so pretty excited to have him on my show uh and we'll be talking about how he got into kayak fishing doing tournaments and doing the whole social media as far as my week goes for kayak fishing i've been pre-fishing for the lake granberry went out three times in the last two weeks uh, last time i went i had to cut it short because of thunderstorms still haven't managed to find a consistent pattern had a few bass here and there and some meaningful bass biggest one being a 19 and a half but really haven't found a solid pattern um but hopefully i'll figure something out by the time the tournament comes out um which is going to be on this weekend so if you're listening to this i already took part in that tournament and hopefully i didn't get skunked but basically that's been my week so far in fishing um so yeah that's it check out my sponsor douglas rods go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup lrs x matrix and the fly fishing rods and uh, craig die is coming up so we're going to commercial so i'll be right back mr craig die how are you sir hey man hey man doing great doing great thanks for having me i appreciate it my pleasure man it's my honor to have you on our show like i said i'm a huge fan of what you do on your um, social media platform, especially your YouTube channel. Uh, I like it mainly because it really, you know, goes into that, uh, tethers that line between being informative and also being entertaining. 
So it's really interesting. I'm a big fan of it. Man, I appreciate it. I let me tell you something. I mean, I love fishing tournaments. I love catching big fish. I love being out there on the water as much as I can. But when you start filming stuff and start putting together videos and doing that, it just it creates a whole another level. I don't know of kind of excitement of, of what you're doing. You know, like let's go out there. And you, you say you catch a five pounder on a whopper plopper or a big spot of bass in the river or something. But then you get it on film, and then you know it's fun to catch it. But the whole drive home, you're thinking about how you're going to edit that video, how you're going to put that together. Yeah. You can't wait to see the shot. So, you know, doing the YouTube stuff, doing the video stuff, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I can't get enough of it, man. I, I, I wish I could put videos out every single week. And, you know, that's a lot of work. It's tough. I got to do it late at night after the kids go to bed. But, you know, it's worth it, man. It is. It is, it is something that I've, you know, the more I watch um and i've learned both fishing and what it takes to do with the whole social media and i've worked with um charlie wells which is a marketing guru that's getting into um the whole kayak fishing and bass fishing as far yeah. as helping anglers market themselves and we did a photo shoot and we talked about and i've kind of you know kind of like I take my GoPros and I try to record and I try to see if I could get contact to put a video. And the more I go down that rabbit hole, the more respect I have for what you and a lot of other anglers yeah. are doing. Um, Christine Fisher comes to mind. Um, it is one yeah. of those things to balance. Because, it first of all, the editing is a lot of work. Plus, you have to catch fish. Because, I mean, you don't want to put a 10-minute video <laughs> right. of you just right. casting a rod and yeah. B-roll footage on you on a drone. You know, it's like, it, it, it's uh, hard, yeah. man. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, we, when you have six minutes of B-roll in the front of the video, you know it's going to be, um, you don't know how much fish catching is going to be going. I know, right? And That's it's funny. Yeah. It's interesting. And also, it like, to me, I'm a very passive nature in the sense that I'm on the water I don't think about the filming. I do have a GoPro and I kind of wish I had that, you know, aspect of getting in the mindset of like, hey, I'm recording a video. I want to post it. Yeah. But I just get on my zone and I start fishing, start fishing. And, you know, I cast the fish, take a picture. And I'm like, man, if I would have done this, I would have done that. Things I've learned from Charlie Wells. I'm like, I could have hyped it up a little bit. It would have been more interesting, more enjoyable, more, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing as far as YouTube. Yeah. I don't know what the term is. But I'm like, yeah. I just want to fish. <laughs> I don't like it's, it's a lot of respect. Definitely, it's the, it, it's the hardest thing. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. And uh, my brother-in-law, I told you my brother earlier. I told you my brother-in-law Tyler's coming, and we're gonna be on the Akmogi River, and um, we're gonna be we, we plan to film. But he's never caught a shoal bass, so I don't even. I, you get out there, man. You start catching fish, and the last thing you want to do is pull a camera out or mess with a drone or something. But so we're gonna try to do it two days where. Get all the fishing, catching out of the way, and then Sunday we're going to try to focus on filming. You know, when we get to a, a few current breaks, put the drone in the air. Our goal, it's a lot of work, man. It's so hard to get the timing right. Our goal is to get the drone in the air and maybe find like a little eddy or a little break and somebody throwing a whopper popper or a spook and have a, you know, a big three, four, five pound shoal bass come up and eat it. And you can see it from the drone from the top. That's that's the goal. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's probably, probably not, not a lot, too. It. <laughs> a lot of a lot of luck a lot of luck but a good thing about the rivers a lot of the spots are predictable you kind of know how the fish are going to set up um it's just you got to i mean it's got to be perfect the, the lighting the fish has got to eat it you know you got to catch the fish the drone can't mess up i mean there's a lot of things happening but it's worth it man i've had a lot of a lot of times where we go out there and we get a bunch of nothing 
but you never know man sometimes you just you hit it just right with the perfect lighting and the perfect angle and it's just you just have one of those days man it's just really cool so uh, i will say for guys who don't like to mess with cameras when, when they're out there fishing fishing tournaments or just fishing for fun um i have a couple ways where i set up my gopros where i don't touch them i just yeah. let them run all day um you know i got the external power i got the uh, you know the waterproof casing for the power and i mean a lot of guys know about it but the guys that don't that kind of takes all the worry out of it you, know, you just yeah. fish and then go home and go through seven or eight hours of footage which you can do it pretty quick you know and, and that's that's how i do it so i don't have to mess with it on the water it makes it a lot easier yeah actually that's what i do too i just had like a yeah. gopro in the front gopro in the back I actually put um, a little power bank battery. I don't mess mm -hmm. with the, with those. Not. I don't want to say that in a negative way, but I don't. I don't want to deal with the weight and the um, expenses that go with like a heavy du um, lithium battery. You right. know, to power a bunch of things. So I just do have a little power bank. Those those sell mm -hmm. by Amazon. I think Anchor. I think that's an Amazon brand, and that'll last me the whole. Heck, one of them. I mean, it'll be three days out on the water before I need to recharge that thing. Yeah. Um, and one yeah. thing that I've learned watching, uh, and that I learned from watching Christine Fisher's video, especially on summer, I take the battery out and that helps it from overheating. Cause I used to have that problem, especially on summer, it would overheat yeah. so much. And then I found that trick. You take that little, the battery that comes with the GoPro, take mm -hmm. it out and just run it on external power. And that really helps out. Yeah. It just makes it nice to go out there and not worry about it. And, yeah and you know you just you know you caught everything you know everything's on film good and bad which is good because you'll get a lot of good you know b-roll just either running through some rapids or you know just a cool sunset or you know sunrise you know a lot of, you can use that in your videos you know to kind of cut clips in so it's funny because i had just posted before one of your videos came out and i'll touch on that video in a second but yeah. i posted a little um what do you call it reels now on instagram because i guess that's a new thing um, I'm still yeah. trying to get used to doing that where you put a little music and a little B-roll of, you know. So I did one of me yeah. dragging my Hobie 360 through some really like two-inch deep um, rapids. And and I thought, you know, this is a good workout and all that. And then next day you post that video of you <laughs> really hauling that new canoe over huge rocks. I'm like, oh, there it goes. <laughs> now yeah. I feel like a, like a wimp compared to what Craig's doing. Yeah, that was really intense. That day was uh, I was fishing uh, the Chattahoochee River down there at West Point. Never fished it before. Um, you know, I called some people that kind of knew. We, we had a big stretch of the river to fish. That was a tournament, and um, I just, you know, a guy said, "Well, this area can be good." So I was like, "Well, I'm just going to go." And it was one other guy at the ramp, and I'm like, "Man, I don't know if this is good or not." He said, "That's oh, pretty." He was a local, and he said it's pretty good. And I, and I love fishing. When I fish tournaments, man, I like fishing. I like fishing up, you know, up river. I just like that angle yeah. you get. You hit those eddies perfect. You're not spooking any fish. I, even if I've never been there, I have so much confidence in fishing that type of water. It's a lot of work, as you can see. And I was, and I, and I had a lot of areas that looked, I mean, they looked money, man. They looked like it was just going to be on, and they weren't, you know. And I had to, and I actually went around this island twice. And you know, those big drags you saw, yeah. I did that twice. Not just, I did it like really. I did it, yeah, the filming you saw was clips of like of like me just doing it once, but I actually did that whole loop twice, and uh, I was sore for a couple of days after that. But uh, I bet. But it, it 
to me, fishing that type of water and getting out there and dragging those kayaks and getting those spots where nobody else is going, that's what it's about, man. That's what I love about this sport. You know, that's what I love about kayaking and, you know, just fishing in general. You're, you're, you're trying to catch fish that people are just not messing with. And I, I like catching dumb fish. I don't know if you do, but I like catching dumb <laughs> oh, fish. I love it. <laughs> so, it's funny, one of our guys in Paddle Up, Brad Hicks, loves river fishing. And mm -hmm. there's not a lot of great rivers over here in Texas. Yeah. I mean, they are, but not necessarily where I live. The closest one that I really consider like a prime spot is Brazos River. Um, and like you said, they can be very, it can be very predictable, um, full of life, and very exciting adventures. But like Brad was just telling, Brad Hicks was just saying on the podcast, he just sold his kayak. And one of the things is just, I'm just, I'm just tired of, you know, hauling that kayak after a day of work and just going to the river and haul that kayak upstream. And I get it. I've gone through that at the same time. There are times where I was like, do, you, do I really want to get up at four in the morning, do a two-hour drive? And then, because it's fun, but then it's like, man, I have to haul like, like must feel like a mile's worth of just dragging the kayaks through rocks and all that. Plus it's the damage costs you the haul. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. Well, it's worth it. Sometimes it's worth it. <laughs> Even I, well, I just I enjoy it. I mean, I've caught huge stripers, smallmouth. Last time I went, uh, and I'll keep this short because it's not about me. Actually, it's about you. But the last time I went, I caught two huge stripers in two feet of water. Um, my kayak was actually scraping on the bottom when I caught the stripers. Um, I caught smallmouth bass. I caught a Guadalupe yeah. bass. I caught. Uh, spotted bass and I caught a largemouth bass. So it's like, yeah, this is this is the kind of day that I like, you know, where it's not just bass. I'm catching fish from all types. Even a sand bass. I actually caught a sand bass too. So it, yeah. it was it's a wonderful day, man. It's bliss. Yeah, I mean, even if you're you know you're fun fishing or what, even if you're tournament fishing. I mean, I caught a few striper on the Chattahoochee, and I had a blast, man. I got like I was last guy in the money, so I won a little bit of money, and you know, I, it was it was a good two hour drive. I had to get up at 3.30 and get down there, but I had a great time. I mean, you know, it was a small club tournament, but I just love being out there and just, you know, I'm still super competitive. I'm still, you know, I didn't have to go around that island twice, but I figured if I wanted to get some upgrades, I'd have to do it. And it, just, it never gets old. I've been doing it for like 10 years, I think. 10 years Did it, I've been doing this. It's crazy. 10 years. What? Yeah. Let me ask you this. How do you keep it? How do you keep yourself from burning out? And I, it sounds like a dumb question. It's like, how do you get burned out? But when you do the tournaments, and, when, and there's expensive involved in the tournaments, and at the end of the day, you know, the wife expects, I mean, I don't know about your situation, but I know my wife expects to see some return here. You know, at least let's break even. Um, yeah, yeah. And also, um, you know, catching um, footage of it and editing. How do you keep it still to the point where it's enjoyable and not a burden, but still a pastime that you enjoy? How do you do it? Oh, man, that's a good question. I never, I guess, I don't know what, maybe I just, it's hard to, it's hard to answer it, man. I'll be honest with you. It's hard to answer because I've never had the feeling of being burnt out on it. Like I never, I've never, I don't know, maybe like I did a lot of tournaments when I lived in Tennessee, you know, and then I slowed down the last few years. I kind of fish kind of what I can get to. You know, I love fishing the Tennessee River, Pickwick, Gunnersville, you know, Chickamauga, all that, kind of whatever's close. But I just, I'm still so competitive that 
I'm telling you, it's like it's like the first time to do it. When I show up to the boat ramp in the morning, you're like, "Who's here? Where's everybody going? Where's you know? Am I going to be first in my spot? Who's over there?" You know, I just it's hard to explain it. And maybe you know, doing the filming and all that with it, you know, even if you have a bad tournament, but say you catch a five pounder on a crankbait, you know, in a current or something, it's a really cool shot. It's still like it's still exciting. You know, it's still fun. It still kind of keeps you like wanting to go back for more. And I mean, I had a couple, you know, a few tough tournaments the last couple of years, basically because no, it's been pretty much no pre-fishing. I mean, to be honest with you, um, just going out there and just see what can happen. And sometimes it works out, and a lot of times it doesn't because you're not really prepared. But uh, for me, you know, in the last few years, um, having my my sons involved kind of brings a whole nother level to it as well. You know, because mm. they're four, four and seven now, and um, they love going out. Um, they don't love fishing necessarily. Charlie, my younger one, loves fishing a little more. But like Carson, my seven-year-old, he just loves being out there, you know, playing with the frogs, playing with the minnows. Like just, I don't know. It's just there's always something else that I, can, I can get into. Like just going to the river for fun, fishing tournaments, filming with my brother-in-law, filming with whoever. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I've never had the feeling of being burnt out. Maybe because I don't. I'm not constantly fishing tournaments over and over and over and over and over, you know, maybe that's what it is, but I don't know. It's kind of hard to answer your question to be honest with you. I just, you know, and it, I love it, man. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of people have, you know, they come to this sport for different reasons. Some of them I've had on my podcast, um, guys like, uh, Frank Reed, which was, uh, I think it was uh, three episodes ago, you know, uh, gentlemen that used to jump out of a plane in the middle of a war zone to you know execute um when he goes back to a life of reality then mm-hmm. adjusting is kayak fishing was one of those things that kind of like helped him get back to the life of a civilian i've had other guests like susie roloff you know who had points in her life she suffered from depression and kayak fishing kind of helped her through it um same thing with rebecca lens from lady angela lens so everybody's yeah. different obviously when it comes to it like a, a lot of people it's just a hobby a lot of people it's a way to help them cope with um kayak with life in general for you what what is it about kayak fishing that draw you to it i think it's uh you know when people talk about maybe comparing like fishing out of a boat compared to fishing out of a kayak like when a boat i feel like you're kind of visiting the wild in a a sense you're kind of visiting the water like in the lake when a kayak i feel like you're more part of it i feel like you're Mm, like that's very good because you're you're real close to the water you can hear everything, you know, nothing really gets spooked by, you know, you can go right up to deer. They're just kind of looking at you funny and they might run off. But I mean, it's just, there's something about just being there. Like when I bring my sons out on the river, like my, my older son, you know, he loves like Minecraft and video games, stuff like that now. But when we go out there, he doesn't talk about that stuff, man. We're just there. We're just there. Mm, like in the moment, like, there's no distractions. We just love it. You know, even with my four year old, I mean, it's just, I don't know. We just connect better out there. There's no distractions. You're just, you're just in it, man. And, um, for me, it, it's, you know, I try to get out once a week, you know, everybody kind of has the things they do, you know, to relieve stress. You know, if I get out once a week or, you know, twice a week, I'm good, man. Just, you know, work has been super stressful and with all the COVID stuff going on, you know, and quarantines and this and that. And, you know, my wife's a teacher and she recently had quarantine, so we had to deal with that, you know, and, and we all had to work from home and it's tough, man. So, you know, to get out for four hours, you know, on the river, or on the lake, I mean, it, it 
it really helps. I, I think it's a good like reset for the week. And, you know, when I, you know, my job is crazy. Come home. The house is crazy. You know, those, those few hours in the water, it, it helps, man. It kind of helps you just kind of get through, you know? Yeah. We hit that reset button kind of thing. Big time. Big time. What do you do for a living quick? Um, I actually, I, I've been in the steel industry for man, 14 years now. Um, I'm in the actually steel pipe industry. The company that I work for, we sell large steel pipe. We ship all over all over the southeast and actually to the northeast as well. Uh, we fabricate large pipe. Have you ever seen uh, you know a lot of the billboards on the side of the road? Those mm -hmm. big steel poles that that those billboards are on. We fabricate that from steel plate, and uh, that's that's just part of you know we do piling like for bridges. A lot of the bridges you go under, they have the big steel pipe. We fabricate that and ship it all over. Um, we're actually doing some big projects on Lake Lanier. And Lake Alatoona, right here in Georgia, right here, right here, close to the house. So, uh, I've been in it forever, man. I, I um, my stepdad had a steel company when I was in college. I went to LSU, and I worked there, and I worked at a pizza place at the same time. So I've always always been busy, but I, I've always been in the steel industry since, man, tenth grade. Like, just you know, working there in the summer and through college, and I can't get away from it, man. It'd be nice to fish for a living, but hey. You know? <laughs> here we are definitely it's definitely nice it's not yeah. all that it cracked up to be when you look at it and you think about it it's like it's a it's oh, one boy. thing to do something for fun and then there's another thing to do it for a living and people say when well, if you do if you do what you love for a living then you haven't worked a day in your life and that's that's true but at the same mm -hmm. time if you do fish for fun and now it has to be your source of income it adds that pressure where it's like maybe it's not going to be as fun as you think it's going to be who knows? Yeah. I mean, it all depends on, on, you know, on the level of success that each, each person has and what the expectations are. You know, somebody like yourself, yeah. you said you have two kids and a family, then obviously that uh, fishing project, um, if you're going to make a living out of it, it's going to be a lot more or needs to have a bigger income than some than some young dude or young gal that's single, you know, um, yeah, and don't absolutely. have to worry about kids. Yeah, I mean, with, you know, we have a kid, you know, our youngest is in daycare. And I mean, it's, you know, almost as much as our mortgage to pay for that, you know. So, I mean, to, to be able to make a living fishing, I think if you had, you know, four or five sponsors that are really supports you and you do a lot for them and do it right, you know, that's probably the way to go. I mean, you know, Gene Jensen, a lot of these guys, you know, they probably make a lot of money off YouTube and stuff like that. And those guys do it, man. I mean, it's really cool. And they have families and they, and they figure it out, you know, Chad Hoover, all these guys. I mean, and it's, and if you hang around any of these guys, and I've been around Chad a lot because I was with him when he was in Tennessee and started all the KBF trails and all that stuff. I was there right when he started it all. And he was the busiest person I ever met, you know? And I, I don't think he was, you know, making a whole lot of money then, but he was working way more than I was, you know? Mm. It's tough, man. You, you got to love it. You got to love it a lot, you know? Definitely. And patience to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're running tournaments, you know how tournaments are. I mean, you, you know, you can't make everybody happy. Always, there's always somebody not happy about this or that rule or this payout or it's nonstop of that stuff, man. It's it's yeah. just tough. But. Especially when you look at, for example, um, in the bat, big uh, glitter boat world, things. I mean, that's going on for what four or five decades now. So. Things have gone figured yeah. out to a point where there's not need to reinvent the wheel, you know. But when it comes to kayak fishing, even though it's similar, there's a lot of different things, you know. There's no, there's catch photo release. There's not a weigh-in per se. Um, yeah. So there's 
we're still in the infancy so it's gonna take a while before we kind of figure it out what's the best general basics the foundation of what's the best way to go about it um yeah. before it we really kind of set a same uh set foundation both in the tournament and the community and you know everybody has different ideas it's great to people people exchange their ideas their opinions obviously you like to see in a very respectful manner that's yeah. not always the case but i mean <laughs> no, the, it's not <laughs> yeah no. but i mean it, it's growing and you know it'll get there it'll get there where when it needs to get there we just have to be patient everybody kind of pull pull their own weight and uh you know yeah. have a healthy environment to exchange ideas you know there this is something i wanted to you kind of hitting something there something there for me something that i i felt because because i've seen kbf grow from the beginning like i said i lived when, when chad started hook one outfitters yeah in, in nashville that's right when i moved there so i met chad right when he opened hook one there in nashville and saw it you know grow, grow into what it did and you know so i've seen it over the years i don't know that was what seven eight years ago or something like that i don't know what it is now it's, it's a long time but the one thing i think we're missing and, and i don't think the problem is i don't have the answer so i don't like to go mm -hmm. out and say god i wish we would do this because i don't have the answer exactly how to do it is that we're, we're missing the moments on the water where somebody wins a tournament or loses a tournament like yeah we, we have gopros and we have some camera guys we might have one camera guy for a 300 person tournament and it, i just wish we could capture those moments more because like yeah. you know you go, you go out there you catch a fish you go to the weigh-in yeah it's exciting okay like the national championship very exciting when they when they you know announce the winner and you're like okay there's nothing to show there's no video there's no okay yeah. you won and then everybody goes home and it's it's like it's it's an awesome tournament i understand it's kind of the best we can do right now probably you know financial region reasons but I just I wish we could have camera guys on the top five guys yep. at these big tournaments like the Hobie, you know, the TOC and the national championship and actually film everything, man, from when they're when they get up in the morning to like getting their kayaks ready, like really build it up. To like, so you really feel like you're there because watching the GoPro stuff is cool. You know, if you can get GoPro stuff from the guy who won, but yep. you never really get it, man, because the cameras are usually behind you but that's just me that's a personal thing that i wish no and had. You, you know does that make sense no i i completely yeah. agree and i yeah. and i think uh, talking to a lot of people that are you know deep into the kayak fishing community influencers um i think that's the next step in the evolution i've i've talked to guys like um here in the panel and finn podcast you know with brian schiller the whole yeah. the founder of panel and finn we've talked about that jimmy skinner who covers tournament drew gregory is also on board with us now um even guys like ryan lambert and jeff Malat for the kbn i know they kicked the tires and done their homework on what is the cost to run that and it's a high cost i mean that's the biggest hurdle i think the next tournament that does that 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 breaks that um you know breaks through that next level it's gonna be the next big thing the next step in the tournament uh kayak fishing because that's really what it is those moments you know over the last decade or so we've we've seen how everything has moved moving towards out of the typical um sitcom to the more reality tv show and honestly if you look at it sports is the 
biggest reality TV there is. That's people don't see it that way. People see it yeah. as sport. Sports is reality TV. Yeah, it's the moment. Point. It's yeah. it, before reality TV was reality TV. We had sports, um, and I think that's the next step in kayak fishing. Once somebody can break through that and televise segments. I mean, um, tournaments and posted live and post reactions, like you said, moments. I think that's going to be the next step because each each angler can do its own thing with this, you know, like you're doing with the social media and sure. the tournament recap and all that. But it's like that live moment that's going to take the next step, I think, and bring it more into mainstream. Um, and from there, I mean, God knows how big it can be. But people may say, oh, it'll never be as biggest bass board i'm like i don't know maybe it can maybe it won't you know i mean the most exciting thing about it is yeah. being on the water yeah yeah i think you know not even necessarily live like there's mm -hmm. even i mean live i mean that's that's a whole whole other level but even just to have camera guys there and film it and you know put some stuff together later that's good i mean you know and chad's done a good job and, and i've seen a lot of good footage but you you, you don't have a like could you think of a moment of the national championship where the camera guy was on him and you watched him catch the winning fish? Like, I can't, there might yeah. be, it might be out there, but I can't remember that moment. Like, I just can't, I can't like, man, that was so awesome when the Russ Snyder's caught that five pounder on a frog to yeah. win the national championship. Cause you just don't, you don't see it. So it's, uh, it's hard, man. It, it's, it's hard. And, you know, I've talked to Chad about it. I've talked to Scott Buescher about it and I mean, it's tough. But it's hard. You know? Scott Butcher, I think, came the closest one to it with the five live, and yeah. you were part of the five live, right? I was. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. And and I and I, I know I was hoping he was going to do it again this year. Yeah, he was trying to. I don't know if if y'all talking about, but he he was trying to upgrade the equipment so we're not having to use the phones and kind of do a, a way better version of what he did. And I'm not sure what the status is. I think he's still working on it. But to be part of that, a lot of people watched that. A lot of people. Yes. The, view, the viewers was, I was surprised. But, I mean, there were two, three, four hundred people watching these things, watching guys fishing a kayak, using their phone for, I'm like, imagine if you stepped it up and had it where it's clear service the whole time. Because we had issues. Like I had an issue yeah. with my, my phone overheating. And then if it rained, I mean, there were a lot of things that could go wrong there. But. I mean, he killed it. I, I thought it was a very successful um, show he had. I mean, no, really I, yeah. I thought, I really thought we were on a, when that happened and KBBT had coming out, and credit to Greg Nosar, he's trying to do the same thing with KBBT. That's a little different concept. Yeah. Um, and KFL, which I think is a good idea. I see, I heard uh, more of the big names are signing up to the KFL next season, so we'll see where it goes with that. And I know he's mm -hmm. kind of doing, um, Greg Nostar is kind of doing his homework on trying to bring it live as well, kicking the tires on it and, you know, yeah. uh, putting uh, money where his mouth is, which I think, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how KFL works. I'm not completely sold on the idea, but, man, if if we can support him and if he can bring something new to the table that's maybe going to expand the sport, I'm all for it, you know. And yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens next season. But going back to what you say, Five Live... And I'll give you, and this is a small sample. And I'm not trying to um, um, toot my own, own horn here, but I'll I'll say this: I've learned from I learned who Craig Dye and Dye Fishing is because of Five Live. 
because of that, I you got a subscriber in me now. And because of that, we got you on the Paddle and Fun podcast, which is uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, at least podcast platforms out there as far as kayak fishing does. So you see what effect the Five Live has, where it's giving yeah. you more exposure. And again, I'm not saying, oh, because you're on my podcast, because you're pretty in the, much in the Paddle and Fin Network, which does have a broader audience that's even on Waypoint TV. And I'm sure there's going to be, uh, who knows, maybe a few hundred listeners that listen to this podcast has never heard of Craig um, uh, Die or Die Fishing before, and right. now are maybe going to be tuning in to what's next. So I think Scott Butcher caught lining in the bottle because he brought something different at exactly the okay. point where it was going to work. Hobie BOS was suffering with the pandemic. Um, KBF as well. Bassmasters hadn't um, started kicking the tires yet on on kayak fishing, at least not really seriously. Um, and then Scott Butcher comes out, and it allows that social distancing, which was kind of required at that point, and brings it live. And there was a lot of moments out there. Um, I remember one of them was uh, Jackson Orr. Like, I don't know, it had like two hours to go, loaded up, switched yep. to the lake, see, and won the see, tournament. That's the moment. That, that was out. awesome. That's what I'm talking about. You remember that. You see, I do. And it's still one of the best moments. Yeah. That was four guys fishing with their phones. I said, that's the moment I'm talking about that. If we can wrap that, get more of that, that's what we need, man. That's exactly yeah. you hit it. I mean, that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, that's that's it. And um, yeah, I, remember, I know that moment because he didn't have a lot of time. He packed up yeah. Kobe, went to another pond, and won the dang thing. It was awesome. Yeah. Man. It was awesome. And then... He was on the final um, tournament. He was sitting, I think, three or fourth. He was hitting a few spaces back, and Cody Milton yeah. was killing it. And all of a sudden, Jackson Norris switched to a floater spoon. And I remember Scott's future reaction when Jackson says, I'm switching to a, a floater spoon. And yeah. Scott Butcher just was like, really? And I, I actually had to leave. Because I needed to get something done. But I was thinking in my mind, I wonder how it happened. And when I go back, Jackson Orr finished second to um, Cody Milton. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, you know, he did a great comeback. I mean, he Cody Milton was dominating. All of a sudden, Jackson Orr kind of like jumped a few spots and almost got to a point where beating him, throwing a flutter spoon. And I think that was on, I can't remember exactly. I think it might have been on summer. Um, so it was yeah. it was an awesome moment, man. I, I've I wish it w I'm. I haven't talked to Scott Beecher since. I know he's been kind of sitting low, and I'm hoping that he comes back. When I had him on my podcast, he mentioned, you know, that you know, spoilers alerts were coming. You know, stage two and stage three of the um, mm -hmm. of the five live was coming, but we'll see what happens, man. I really hope it comes back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when. when when uh, February, March came around, I started texting. I was like, hey, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, because I want to be part of it. I mean, I, I, to fish that, you think it's fun watching it. Try fishing yeah. it, man. Like my first round I did, um, I only caught four fish. And if I would have caught that fifth fish, I easily would have won because I was catching some guys. I'm going to catching quality. But I couldn't even get a fifth fish, man, because you only, what was it, two hours? Was it two or four? I don't know, three hours. I don't even remember what it was. Two yeah. or three hours. Two hours, I think, yeah. Yeah, it's no time. I mean, it's no... Yeah. And you got to be... 
whatever you found, they got to be biting. You got to hit that that you know that perfect little window. And uh, I want another chance because I um man, I'm, I'm, I want another chance. I want to go back. So I've been hitting up Scott to let's get it going, man. Come on, get me on the list. Whatever I got to do, you know. Yeah, even if we so, just have to stick to phones again, I, I still think it's worth it. I agree. I agree. I was like, man, let's just you just just do it, man. People liked it. Bring you know, bring in some new people. I mean, I don't have to do it. I'll I'll wait a year and just you know bring in some new guys that people want to see. And um, I think it'd be cool to see Christine on there. You know, yes, because she would catch them. And I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I might text them tomorrow and say, hey, man, what's the deal? Let's go. Tell them. Tell them we're talking about this in the podcast. Give it a listen, Scott. If you're listening, if you're listening, Scott, bring it back, man. Bring it back. Even you. if it's the same format, until we figure it out how to get it, make it better, bring it back. I'm, I'll, I I'll thought start, it was awesome. I'll start an online petition, okay? That's what I'll do. <laughs> and the way things are going with the pandemic, we might have no choice yeah. but to do five You're lives. Right. You never know, man. We might be fishing with our phone in front of our face for the next three years. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not, man. But it's 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 crazy, man. It's right now here in Texas. It's yeah. we're getting we're getting hit hard with that variant or whatever it is. Um, it's it's sad but anyways uh trying talking about happier um thoughts here um what got you into filming so you got into kayak fishing you started fishing you loved it what actually got you into saying hey you know what i'm gonna complicate it even more and i'm gonna film edit and post it what was the motivation factor behind it uh behind filming um man let's see so so you get you're gonna crack up. So you've heard of uh, disc golf before, like frisbee golf. You've heard of that? Yeah. Before? It's well, it's blue. It's it's exploding here in Texas too. Yeah. Well, I started playing in college, and I loved it, man. And I was I was freaking good at it. I was good at it. So I was like, man, I love this sport. I just I just really enjoyed it. And I started traveling around the southeast, and I was an amateur, moved up. I actually, not really like a pro, you know, pro. Um, but yeah, I made some money doing it, and I really loved it. And I started filming that a little, little bit. And people started watching. If you actually go and search my name on YouTube, like disc golf, you'll see like old stuff, man, from 10 years ago. Back, you know, people weren't really on YouTube. It was like way back. And some of those videos just have a lot of views. That's like my old, like a total different account than my one now. But, and then I love the film. I love the editing. And then, you know, the kayak fishing thing started. I started with uh, my wife and I, uh, we were just dating and we just wanted something to do. And we were here in Atlanta at the time, and I loved to fish and be on the water. And we had the Chattahoochee right down the street. We lived close kind of downtown. So we got a tandem kayak. We started doing that. You know, they called that the divorce kayak. So that didn't last too long, right? So, 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 uh, so we, we, we got our own kayaks. And then I started bringing the filming into that. Um, and I filmed like a video. Uh, there's this private pond in downtown Atlanta. It was my first ever kayak fishing video. And I put it on YouTube, catching like I'm selling a little wrap, a little shad wrap, catching a little small bass. But it was fun making it. A lot of people watched. A lot of people liked it and commented on it. And really, it's kind of grown from there. And then when I got to Nashville, um, I was doing more tournaments, fishing more. That's where I met Chad, and he let me come on his show, which was awesome. And then I met uh, Mike Ernst. Um, he's an incredible photographer, good buddy of mine in Nashville, and he is really good with a camera. And I was okay, you know, I just had like a GoPro and stuff. I, I didn't have like any good good equipment. But when I met him, he had good cameras and we started filming some uh, top water stuff and just started really getting into it. And that's when it kind of took off, man. And, you know, Last Cast Productions is what we started uh, 
him and I together and uh, we did a few films together. Uh, we did the Mike Schmitz film, Freedom. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, I can send you that one. But uh, Mike's paralyzed and we basically showed how he fishes out of it, how he enters the water and how, you know, just, you gotta watch that video. It's called Freedom, yeah. go look it up. It's on YouTube, it's la under Last Cast Productions. Uh, it's the best video I've ever made. I mean, it's not like the best camera angles and the best editing, but the story is what made that one. And really, it just kind of grew from there, man. And then um, I moved back to Atlanta. Mike is still in Nashville, so we're not really shooting together. But, you know, I'm getting together with my brother-in-law this weekend. It's just, it just keeps rolling. Like, we just get different ideas. And, you know, I've started the YouTube uh, channel last year. And I just want to kind of keep good content flowing and just kind of keep it going. Like some, you know, stuff for, you know, technique stuff stuff with my kids a little bit of everything i want to have tournament footage you know the co-angling stuff everything and i just i really enjoy the editing process and i mean it just kind of has built and built and built and i don't know i just you, you like when we talked about earlier it just it doesn't get old i just you get out there you never know what you're gonna you're gonna get on film you come home and edit it and you're like man that's pretty cool so that's about it man that's awesome and it's yeah. I I would love to see that video. Um, when you mentioned freedom, it's I think it's it's one of the things that I enjoy most about doing the podcast is talking to people and you know about life, not just kayak fishing, but life and what got him kayak fishing. Um, you know, we, we were talking about before the pre-recording um, the different reasons people get into kayak fishing, and a lot of it is just kind of deal with life and you know what you lived through, what you lived uh, before you got into kayak fishing and kind of you know how to manage it um and it's it's a great sport it's very calming touching back on one something that you said um nothing against bass boats i fish out of bass boat i think it's great yeah. uh, when you're in yeah. an open lake i love bass boats boards for fishing um you know when there's something about going into deep into creeks and um rivers um that is just magical and like you said you're you you don't feel like you're a visitor like when you're in a bass boat, I feel sometimes it's like it's, you know, you got that element of a power boat and you're zipping yeah. through it and boom yeah. and, and yeah. you know, going through wakes and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. You feel like a guy, right? But when you're in, in kayak fishing, it's, it's, it's not about testosterone fuel or it's just sure. about you being in the water and you really feel like you're part of nature. Now, granted, sometimes you go get... You know, you see a big Texas gator, and then you feel like, yeah, this is way too much like being part of it. Like, <laughs> this is, this is, this is a little bit more than I wanted to feel like, like I'm part of it. This is a good life choice. <laughs> yeah. I want to feel like part of it, but I don't want to feel like I'm lunch for somebody that's, you know. So, <laughs> granted. But at the same time, it is, you know, it's going back to what you said, the old jokes aside. You know, you see, you see an eagle flying by and catching fish. You see... Uh, uh, deer, you know, wild hogs. It's it's awesome, man. It's it's just very calming, very, very great way to kind of unwind, man, and to see that reset button and kind of like, um, even if you're not catching fish, it's to me. I get I clear my head so much. It's crazy how I can be eight hours on a cubicle. An hour into it, I'm like, good Lord, I still have seven hours of this. How am I ever going to survive? Yeah. And now, I'm and, and if I'm on a kayak, I'll be like, crap, I've been here seven hours. I only have one hour left. Yeah. 
You know, it's like, where did the time go? <laughs> where did the time go? How fast is it? Is it already two o'clock? It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's yeah. just life sips by you so fast when you're having fun, even if you're not catching anything. Yeah, and, and I I suggest everyone, you know, a lot of the kayaks now are real big, real wide. They're not really built for paddling. And I started out back, you know, in like a Tarpon 120, the Ride 115, but um, I had a Tarpon 160, Wilderness Systems Tarpon 160, and it's a super long, narrow kayak. It's only 28 inches wide. And those kayaks are built for paddling. And for, mm -hmm. for all the guys getting into kayak fishing, I mean, Hobie's a great kayak, New Canoe's a great kayak, I mean, there's so many good kayaks. But if you can get in a kayak that's built for paddling and get on the water like a real early in the morning in a river or a lake or whatever, I mean, just paddling when it's just that, you know, that, that like perfect time of day, it's hard to beat that. I mean, it's yeah. it's great fishing and it's great catching fish, but there's there's more to it as well you know i mean it's i mean i, I got a motor on my new canoe so i'm motoring around now you know these days but if you haven't done it you know go find a good paddling kind that's built to kayak and it sits a little bit lower kind of narrow and just go paddle and really enjoy just that part of it too i mean because that's that's a whole different i mean some people in like in, in north georgia and tennessee they have groups that all they do is paddle not not even whitewater they just go paddle Oh yeah, we have some like, groups like I mean, that. They just, and, yeah. and I'm like, I don't quite always get it, like for yeah. all day, you know, because I want to go fish. But, but I do get it, you know, for those few moments in the morning or late in the afternoon when the sun's dropping. I mean, it, it's cool. I mean, it's it's something. I, it doesn't get old, and you yeah. know, and, and I'm lucky now. I get to share with my sons, and I mean, it's just I'm still hooked on it. I mean, you think I yeah. get sick of it, but I don't. I really don't. I I don't see any way that I would get sick of it, honestly. I wouldn't if I wouldn't trade a kayak for a bass boat. Again, nothing gets bass boat. It's awesome. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's great fun. Um, and if I had a family with kids and everything, I would totally get a bass boat because you know, it's easier to take the family, especially when they're young. But yeah, I don't. I wouldn't trade them, man. Just the fact that I can get on spots or nobody else can get um, and see things that otherwise would be intimidated and scared and either mm -hmm. run off or fly off or swim off before you even get to see them. Um, yeah. That's pretty awesome. It is. So, yeah. I don't, you, you can't explain it, but I mean, you can, uh, but for those out there that, you know, are thinking into getting kayak, um, kayaking or kayak fishing in general, you got to give it a try. It's funny because I was um, fishing the other day and I'm up in the reeds, um, flipping on reeds and I see this kayak coming pedaling from a long ways away and i'm thinking he was like beelining right at me right to me i'm like why is this guy beelining it right at me like can't see i'm pre-fishing for a tournament uh, but i was like you know i was like you know what it's kayak fishing community let's you know let's let's be welcoming so yeah. the guy comes up he just wanted to see my kayak i have a hobby 360 and he started asking me questions now he was in i think it was one of those kmart dolphins I think it's the name of that, yeah. um, or the Ozarks, one of those, um, which just, it's not even a seat. It's just a padding in the hall. Yeah. Uh, but props to him, man, you know, an old, and an older gentleman too. I mean, he had to be up there in the mid late sixties with it's one him. rod and yeah. Uh, and he's him. like, yeah. And he's like, and he started asking me questions about the kayak and, and you know, how much it costs and what can you do with it? What's the advantages of it? He goes off and he runs to everybody and I can hear him. He didn't, he doesn't think I can hear him, but he was like 
talking to the other buddy. Man, that guy over there has this kayak and he's talking to, you know, it's that exchange yeah. of uh, ideas and information and um, and choices that that it's what it is. You don't have to be on a very expensive five thousand, ten thousand dollar kayak. Well, I mean, if you rig it out, you can get that expensive, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you, you can just be on a. It doesn't matter. I'd like you can be in a stand up paddle and go fish and have fun and enjoy it. Absolutely, so. and you know we, I get that all the time. Every day, I get it all the time, man. Like I fish Lake Lanier, and Lake Lanier, I believe, is one of the most popular lakes in the country. Um, just being close to Atlanta, the fishing's incredible. Um, the recreational traffic is just insane there. So when I launch my kayak and I have the motor guide XI3, you know, and I push it off and then my kayak goes out on its own and I hit the motor from my, <laughs> my remote, you know, everybody, you know, you got $80,000 bass boats and ski boats over here, but everybody's coming to talk to me about my kayak and I got yeah. $3,000 in the whole thing. And it's just, people are intrigued, man. They really are. Yeah. You know, but you know, they're like, I didn't know they could do that. You know, then you stand up in it and then they freak out. Like, I didn't, Oh, you can stand in that thing, you know, but, for the guys, you know, starting out, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Just get out there. Just get out yeah. there and go fish. I mean, I was in a, I think it was a Pelican, I think. I don't remember our friend. We got it from Dick Sporting Goods. It's my first kayak. You know, it was like 400 bucks, you know, and we caught a lot of fish out of it. And then we upgraded, you know, to our own. But, you know, just get out there. That's all I can say. It doesn't matter. Just get out there and go. It is. It's 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 fun. Go try it out, people. If you like it, enjoy it. Yeah. If you haven't done it before. I'm assuming if you're listening to the podcast, you will. Otherwise, why are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> but let me. So, a lot of we, a lot of your um, social media and um, YouTube is um, entertainment, and a lot of it is educational. So, I kind of wanted to pick your brains on some of the rods and real setups that you do, um, mm-hmm. and kind of see what you know, what you, what you recommend. And I kind of want to compare it to what I do, not on air, but just kind of like see if I if we're thinking also along the same line. So sure. let me start with the crankbait. What's your favorite? Um, just keep it simple. Not not lines. We're not going to go into lines, but like rod and reel crankbaits for crankbait uh, fishing. I you know I don't know if you watch my videos. I love throwing crankbaits. Um, I love. Yeah. I don't say. Not my phone out. I um if I could catch a fish on a crankbait, I'm throwing it. I mean, if, if it doesn't matter if it's a river, if it's around edges of grass, that's just something I've just grown to love to do. And I probably do it a little bit too much sometimes. So I get stuck on trying to find that bite. Sometimes it works, you know, sometimes it doesn't. But um, it's something I absolutely love to do. I do it a lot. Um, I like throwing, um, I like the St. Croix Legend glass rods. Um, they're just, they just have a nice soft tip to them. And it's kind of, they're not super sensitive rods, you know, so it kind of creates a delay in when you set the hook. Does that make sense? So, yeah. you know, using a regular graphite rod, especially if you're using like fluorocarbon, like 12 or 14 pound fluorocarbon, you're going to feel that bite. You, I mean, I've had times where you can feel the crankbait wobbling and then you, the fish will come up behind it and then the yeah. wobble changes on the crankbait. I don't know if you ever experienced that, but you yeah. know there's a fish following that bait. And with those graphite rods, you feel everything. And those those glass you know on a graphite rod, those glass rods they're just they're just not as sensitive, but they have an awesome bend to them. So I, I use a six for, for like throwing square bills. So you know one foot to probably six foot of water, 
I like a six foot ten. It's a medium power, and I like the um, just like a medium action. So it's like a medium, you know, medium moderate, you know, moderate action. So because you want that nice soft tip to let that crankbait bounce off the rocks, bounce off the wood, you know, and also it'll help you keep a fish pinned. You know, when they come up and hit mm. it right by the kayak or come jump, having that nice soft tip on that rod, you'll catch a lot more fish. That's the number one thing to do for crankbait fishing is, you know, a medium power, you know, I mean, um, like medium action, moderate power, you know, so you got a nice soft tip. That's the number one thing you can do for catching more fish with a crankbait. So uh, for my reel, I like a six, eight to one. I don't like a super slow or a super fast mm -hmm. reel. That six, eight to one is that perfect, happy, happy medium for me, especially in a kayak. A lot of times you know, you're moving toward that fish. So if you have a slower reel, I know they have more power and more torque, you know, those five one to ones, but having that medium, you know, like six, eight to one, you can still reel it at a good speed and the fish can't get ahead of you and you lose them. Even when yeah. your kayak is floating to them, you can always catch up with them. <clears throat> Um, every now and then you're going to lose one. That's just fishing, but that's what I like. Um, and when I go to like six to like eight foot and deeper, I usually bump up to like a seven, two or even a uh, seven, six length rod. And it's the same medium, moderate. I like, you know, I like that soft tip is the main thing, you know, cause that bait can get down. And when it digs, having that soft tip, will let that bait, that big bill, when it comes over wood or rock, it'll really help it deflect off. And also, that's when you get your bites. You know, with crankbaits, it's that reaction bite, you know? That mm -hmm. crankbait's bouncing all over the place, and that's how you get them. So that's pretty much my setup. And I actually use I actually use monofilament. Um, a lot of guys use fluorocarbon. Probably most people use fluorocarbon. But I like mono. One, it's cheap, you know? It's mm -hmm. cheap, and you can find it anywhere. It's real cheap. And I go through a lot of it. Like, I change that line a lot. And I use, like, 10 or 12 pounds, just good old string mono. And I might jump up to 14 if I'm fishing a square bill, like around, you know, a bunch of big trees and logs and there's a lot of big fish. I might go up to 14 or even 17 pound if it's, you know, if you're really catching big ones out there. So but that's it, man. That's pretty much it. It's, I have an addiction to crankbait fishing. I love it. And if there's a crankbait <laughs> I noticed bite, on your videos, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if there's a crankbait bite, I'm going to find it. You know, I'm going to find it some way. I just, I just really enjoy it. I don't know what it is. Something about, you know, getting that bait down, bouncing it off something, and feeling that fish just load up on it. It's addicting, man. I'll tell you. It is. I think it is. I, I kind of, like, went away from it um, when I started learning because I got I would get hung up on it so much um, yeah. that I was like, it was frustrating. But that's one of the things now <laughs> that with more experience, you kind of, like, learn yeah. when and when not to throw it and how to avoid getting a hang up. Um yeah. But that's interesting what you're mentioning about the, the length, because that was the first thing I was going to ask you. It's like, why such a short rod? But now I got the explanation of what the deeper you go, probably the longer the rod is. Yeah. And the reason why I say that for those that are out there listening is I've always learned the, the longest, the your casting distance is your best friend when you, especially when you look, when we're talking about deep cranking. Sure. Crankbaits, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. because you want it Absolutely. to be on the sweet spot. So the longer you distance you put between you, with yourself and the bait, the more um, time and trajectory it's going to spend at its intended death. So yeah. that's a good point. I I totally understand why you do it now for uh, square bill, which is obviously one or two feet deep. 
versus you know something like a deep climbing deep yeah. diving crankbait yeah. which you you know obviously get a bigger rod for that to cast more distance yeah so that's a and good then, point yeah and then having you know a shorter rod you, you can be more accurate so if you're throwing a square reel you're probably fishing targets that you can see yeah. a lot of the time and that helps a lot i mean you can be way more accurate you know and also like i mentioned talking about using the mono is also like the stretch of mono um you know there's a lot of stretch of monofilament line a lot of guys don't like it but let me tell you you will lose a lot less fish fishing mono over crankbaits a lot then so then floral yes i agree i, I one, one of the things I, I, that's how i feel about it I have so much no money. and you're right yeah you're right yeah. one i lose so many fish on on floral on crankbaits um that I started switching to um, the uh, braid just because you can cast further with braid when than you can do with mono. So yeah. I started using that and then maybe like a five, six foot long leader for floral. And my hookup ratio went from like, I would miss like, you know, I would lose a fish, I don't know, three out of five times from a floral to like... Uh, Maybe I'll lose one every uh, yeah. ten that I hook up into now with with the with the braid and the uh, floral leader, and I I learned I got into floral because I watched guys talk about floral because yeah. they either fish from the bank or the boat, which is completely different. That's one thing. If for people that are getting into kayak fishing, you have to understand a uh, five pounder bass will tow you around. And it, ha the, it has a lot of give. Chad Hoover mentioned it uh, a couple of years ago on one of his uh, podcasts, Gene Jensen too, not podcast, YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. The rod has give. The floral has give. Now you have a kayak that has give as well. So what's going to happen? It's sure. you, you, You're really giving that uh, fighting chance to that bass to come up loose when you do like a braid or mono, who has, which has a lot less stretchiness to it if that's a word then floral it really increases your hookup ratio so that's a good point yeah yeah i like it and it it's uh yeah. you know you can cast mono really far which i like yes you, know, you know, it doesn't have a lot of memory I mean, and it's, it's a lot really, cheaper too it's a lot cheaper now and I'm, I'm i buy the big spools of a thousand yard spools of it that i keep you know that I, every tournament I'll, I'll switch out all you know all my, my braid obviously just stays as is but that mono i run through it man I like it. There's nothing better than a fresh reel with mono on there. It casts so true. good. It's perfect. It it's perfect. Yeah. That's very true. Craig, I've had you over for almost an hour or so, and I, and I know you're a family man. You have your wife. You have your kids. So I don't want to keep you too long. Um, so uh, I want to thank you again for coming to the podcast, yeah, telling us absolutely. a little bit about you, you know, yeah. taking us through your you know how you got into fishing and filming, um, talking about your YouTube channel, um, your social media, and giving us some tips with, on crankbaits, which I know, like I've seen in your channels, it's something you love doing and you have a great knowledge. Um, and I like the fact that you kind of think outside the box and bring a different element to it that I don't think um, gives people a chance to listen yeah. to other ideas about how to fish with crankbaits. And I think that's yeah. important because it's, it's not always cookie cutter um, and every scenario is different. So I appreciate you taking the time. Having said that, I want to give you a few minutes for you to, you know, thank sponsors. Um, tell us a little bit of what to expect next with, next with uh, dive fishing, and you know, thank anybody you want to thank and uh, shout out any companies, anybody you want to 
do a plug. Yeah, well, you know, we talked about the YouTube channel a lot. That's something that I'm working pretty hard on. I mean, look, let's just be honest. I'm not here trying to be Gene Jensen and have, you know, a million followers. But, you know, I want to keep it rolling and I want to keep it consistent. That's the main thing, just, just trying to stay consistent, you know, with good stuff. So I'm going to mix in tournament footage, you know, techniques, uh, new lures coming out. Um, not even lures that, you know, just, just random, just kind of new stuff, like maybe from iCast that just came out. I got a new topwater video I'm about to put out. And I just, you know, if you guys can, can check it out, just come subscribe. It's uh, just search dive fishing. That's D-Y-E fishing. You'll see it on there. You can see me fishing with my sons. You can see, you know, fishing from a bass boat, the BFL as a co-angler. And um, those videos are really cool because you get you, you get in the, in the boat with these guys that you never met before. You're there for eight hours and you got to figure it out, man. And and, and what, what I, you learn about those videos is that, Fishing the back of a boat in a BFL tournament is like, it's kind of like kayak fishing because you're there like kayak fishing. You can't just run 10 miles down the lake. Like mm -hmm. you're there in that spot at that moment. You got to figure it out where you're at right now. Like you can't just run to your spots. You're in somebody else's boat. You got to fish the back of the boat. So you got to be versatile and you'll kind of see how I kind of do that. I'm actually doing quite well. I think I'm sixth in the, um, in the bulldog division in Georgia for the co-angler in the BFL division. So I'm trying to make the regional and then I'm trying to make the All-American next year. That's the goal. Ultimate goal is to make the All-American. So anyway, you can kind of see that journey. And then, um, yeah, man, um, I guess I, I want to thank uh, New Canoe. Uh, I've been loving the pursuit and the unlimited. Um, there's plenty. Of, I, I did some videos on that too. You know, awesome kayaks. Uh, Westbrook Supply, you know, they have all the new canoes there. Bending Branches Paddles, Ray Marine, um, Gotta love, I love my Raymarine element. That thing is, is really cool. Um, St. Croix Rods. Uh, everybody knows St. Croix Rods. I don't need to say anything about them. And then um, Dakota Lithium Batteries keeps me going. Thank you, Craig Stormy. Uh, he, I don't know if you know him, but he is he supports the kayak community like nobody else. Very cool dude. Um, let's see. What else? Rogue Fishing. Um, they make the cool strap, the drag straps. Yep. And for um, you know, your tethers for your phone. Very clever. Uh, very needed item that everybody go check out roguefishing.com. Believe me, uh, it'll be worth, you know, your 20, 30, $40. It'll save you a lot of money in the future. Yeah. So, um, I think I covered everybody, but I appreciate the opportunity. And, and anytime you want me back on, man, I would love to come talk. Love to come talk. No, nah, definitely, man. Yeah. Uh, love to have you on again. I'm a big fan of what you're doing. So it's, it's an honor to have you on the show, man. And look forward to having you come up soon, man. Yeah, man. Thank you. If not in this on Paddle and Fin, I'll talk to Sean Lavery. I know he would love to um, yeah. come up to talk about crankbait fishing. Um, I know that's right in your wheelhouse. So I'm sure it'll be a very informative episode that a lot of our listeners would love to hear from you. Yeah, so. I'm in, man. Just let me know. Appreciate it. For those out there, listeners, um, thank you again for coming up. This has been the Bass Kayak and Beers with your host Armando. Once again, go check out my sponsor, Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out the full lineup of LRS, X Matrix, and award-winning uh, fly fishing rods. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're going to be out there on the water, wear your PFDs. Stay safe. Till next time.